everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today to be here to talk to another one of our Hallmark authors. We love talking with the writers. And this is our second time having Lizzie Shane on the podcast. And Lizzie, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. So last time we spoke with you, it was in July of uh, last year. So it was like right in the heat of the pandemic. Yes, right in the heat of everything. (laughs) And it was uh, a lot of fun to talk with you. Uh, But uh, now I'm told that you aren't even in Alaska anymore. I'm still living up there. I'm still based up there. But right now I am in Vermont. I took a research trip down here um, to uh, check out. I have a new series that's set in an imaginary town in Vermont. So it's the perfect excuse to Mm -hmm. take a trip to Vermont and like check out all of the real adorable small towns. (laughs) So that's where I am right now. Nice. You're getting some like good maple syrup and, and like pancakes and stuff like that. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> there is maple, maple everything, which is great. I, I discovered there's something called creamies, which are like, that's what they call soft serve ice cream, but they have like mm-hmm. a maple version of it. It's amazing. Oh so if you come up here, be sure you get a maple creamy. This is my advice. <laughs> uh, I'll expect that to be an acute sequence in the new book. Oh yes. The, oh yeah. It's got to go in. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're leaving Alaska just when it's the most nice there. Yeah. <laughs> this weather. This is this is kind of a, an amazing time to be in Alaska. I love I love the solstice time up there. But also, I kind of I I also am a weird person. I love winter. I love the mm-hmm. like the long winter months up there. I think you kind of have to if you want to live yeah. in Alaska. I think so. <laughs> I can, well, I mean, I can only imagine that it's not the best place to live if you have seasonal depression. Yeah, no, it's it's not 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 for those who suffer from uh, seasonal depressive disorder. Yeah, that's not yeah not fun. <laughs> So how was 2020 for you? Uh, I mean, it was the rest of quarantine like (laughs) it was weird. I got to, you know, I, I, um, I was able to, you know, get the, get the vaccine and, and start visiting family again in, in 2021, which was nice. Mm -hmm. And, and I was able to spend some time with family. I was quarantining with family for part of the time. So that was really Mm -hmm. nice. And, um, it was, it was, I mean, good, I guess, as good as things can have been for the last year. It's been a strange, strange year. Did you, you said last time that you were eating out a lot of cans, but (laughs) the supply (laughs) chain was a little messed up. Well, we Uh, actually, it didn't get as interrupted as we thought it would. We were prepared mm -hmm. for like the supply chain apocalypse, but it didn't get that bad. So it was okay. But we definitely were like using up our supplies and like it was good. (laughs) You know, like coming up with creative ways to use spam and. (laughs) I mean, you gotta like, I think, I think, uh. 2020 made us all very creative cooks. Yes, <laughs> yes it did. Yeah, I actually had my own creative spam usage, and I was stuck in in my house. I couldn't get out to get stuff for Easter dinner. This was 2020, and so I had a can of spam, and I thought it's kind of like ham <laughs> a little bit. So I made I made my Easter dinner using spam. I mean, you gotta, I mean, you make do, you do what you gotta yeah, do. Right. That sounds very festive. It was, it was very, it was very sad, but very, Aww. but it, it, it did the job. It yeah. Gets it, it gets it done. There you go. Yeah, that's right. 
so how were the holidays for you? Were you able to be around any family for Christmas or what, yeah, what was your holidays I was. like? I was able to be with my folks. Um, we didn't really get to see my sister or her kids um, mm-hmm. as much as we would normally like. And there was no, you know, traveling. Normally we would fly to visit family at Christmas and it was, it was quiet, but it was still really nice. I was able to, I spent like a chunk of time with my parents over the uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas so that I was able to kind of you know, quarantine for a couple of weeks and then go be with them. And, uh, and it was, it was really, it was quiet, but it was very nice. We had, we had a nice time. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah. It was a very different kind of Christmas, but it was, it was interesting because usually my parents are actually gone Mm -hmm. uh, because they're visiting my, my siblings that have you know, visiting the grandkids, yep. which I totally get. And yep. so they were actually in town this, this Christmas. <laughs> so that was kind of nice. So you guys but, were able uh, to be together some too? With them? Were you guys able to be together some too? Yeah. So I was able to, cause my, uh, my uh, siblings with kids all live, uh, one lives in Portland and one lives in Virginia. And so uh, they, uh, they're, they weren't able to get together with them, obviously, mm-hmm. but I uh, was able to be with my parents. So that was always fun. That's nice. So, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good to be able to be with family at the at mm-hmm. the holidays. And now I was able in May to take a trip to Virginia to see my sister. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was really, really nice. Because nice. it had been like two years, really, since we had seen each other. Not I, in Zoom. <laughs> yeah, not in Zoom. Exactly. Yeah, my first trip was to see my grandma after we were all mm. vaccinated, and I was that was it was really nice to be able to like hug my grandma again. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that was great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, how did you come up with that with Pine Hollow, Vermont? Like, what made you pick Vermont? Um, well, I really wanted some place that had seasons that had snowy winters. Um, and, uh, when I was talking to, uh, my editor about where to, to, where, I, where I was going to set this town, um, she had recommended not doing Alaska because, uh, because people seem to think that Alaska is like, they have their own ideas of what it is. Does that make sense? And so sure. it wouldn't be as like general, it, it wouldn't be as, uh, as much of a small town romance. It would be like an Alaskan romance. And, and we were aiming for something that was, you know, small town relatable in that way. And, um, so I, I picked Vermont because I had been up here once before tr- just traveling and I really thought like, that's kind of the vibe I want. Like I want, I want to, mm-hmm. you know, be in, in the, you know, beautiful, adorable small towns with the little town squares and the gazebos and everything and everything's historic and beautiful. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's pick that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that was where Pine Hollow, Vermont was, came from. And, and now I get to, I have, now I have a great excuse to visit Vermont whenever I want. No. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, had you had you visited it there before uh, when you before you wrote these two books? I had, I had, I visited. Um, I I have my 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 big claim to fame that is, is that I've been to all fifty states. Um, Ooh. And, <laughs> and so I had visited Vermont before, but only for like three or four days the last time mm-hmm. I came through. And so now I'm here for a month, and I'm able to really kind of dig in and see it more. And I also did a lot of. I mean, it was pandemic times when I was writing, um, the the first couple of books in this series, and so I was, um you know, doing a lot of online research, a lot of like Instagram stalking of people of like t- towns in Vermont and things like that. So you you do, you do what you got to do. You figure yeah. out uh, what you can to make it feel authentic. 
I mean, it's so an imaginary if, town, but I want yeah. it to feel like it could potentially be like a real right. town in Vermont. Yeah. You don't want it just to be like a Stars Hollow copy or, you know, yeah. these t- small towns that we've seen before, Milton on Goodwitch or that kind of thing. You want it to be exactly. its own thing. Has its own uh, vibe. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, yeah. I like having little like winks or homages to the small town series that I love. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I want it to be its own thing. I don't want it to be like fully derivative or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so you've been to 50 states. Do you have one that you're like, this one is underrated. It's, it's a lot oh, more wow. fun. People don't talk about it enough. Um, I kind of, mm, I maybe Rhode Island. I feel like Rhode Island okay. is really beautiful. And like, especially like the coastal areas, which is most of Rhode Island. It's really like, I, I kind of didn't have high expectations for Rhode Island. I had never before I went and then I was like, this is gorgeous. So mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe, maybe Rhode Island. Right. It's yeah, very there small. you go. It doesn't take long that. to get through there. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> cool, very good. Well, so you had twelve dogs of Christmas come out yes. last year. Yes. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that book uh, and kind of how you came up with the whole idea? Absolutely. Uh, twelve dogs of Christmas is the first dog of uh, first the first dog. <laughs> The first book of the of the uh, Pine Hollow series, and the basic premise is that um, Allie, who is not from the small town, her grandparents live there. She has come to to help her grandparents at their uh, at their animal shelter for the holidays, and uh, the town Scrooge, the curmudgeonly councilman, uh, <laughs> cuts the funding to the uh, to the shelter animal shelter right before Christmas, and she has to find homes for all of the dogs before Christmas. But she ends up teaming up with the town Scrooge and discovering that he's not quite as Scroogey as she initially thought him to be. And so as the two of them sort of work together to find homes for all of these dogs, of course, they fall in love. And <laughs> that is the 12 Dogs of Christmas. And that sounds really fun. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the original idea for it actually came from something that my, uh, my editor, Leah Halton-Schmidt, came up with. And uh, as soon as she was telling me about it, I was like, yes, I want to write that book. I want that book. That one is mine. (laughs) What do you think makes for the key? Like, what do you think some of the key elements making for a successful uh, romantic uh, novel? I really feel like, um, I mean, obviously you have to have the happily ever after. Like for me, that Mm -hmm. is a must. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think what I really love in romance novels is when the two these two characters coming into contact with with one another helps them both to sort of realize what they need to realize or like like every everybody grows and comes together and it's it may be in an unexpected way but it's it's something that when it's complete you're just like yes that's exactly how it needed to happen does that make sense oh yeah totally yeah i, mean, I that- love that feeling yeah, I mean, you think of the great, the classics like Pride and Prejudice or something yes. like that. You know, both Lizzie and Darcy both become better people by yes. the end of because of their relationship. Yeah, I love the idea of being changed for the better by mm-hmm. your interaction with someone, and whether it's you know needing to to like like be be more open minded or be less prejudiced, or whether it's whether it's anything really like whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever journey that you are on, that this person is the catalyst for your journey, and you are the catalyst for theirs, and somehow you find you find who where you were meant to be and who you were meant to be at the end of it all. I love that, mm-hmm. yeah, even something more dramatic, like say Jane Eyre, mm-hmm. you know that Rochester and Jane become better people because they loved each other, and yeah. so that makes it 
that makes you invested in the relationship. The ones that don't work, the ones where they're they're just fighting all the time, and yeah. they, they and a lot of people think that's what Pride and Prejudice is, but they don't. That's just a, such a, a such a shallow reading of it. Yeah, that, there's so much growth in that mm-hmm. book. They both grow yeah. so much, and yeah. like it's not just the bickering. Like the bickering right. is fun, banter is great, but like you have there has to be something behind the bickering. Mm-hmm. There has to be that character arc and that development. Yeah, I think and, for sure. Yeah, and the key to I've said this many times, but the key to Pride and Prejudice is that everybody around Darcy and Lizzie loves them so much yes. and they are, they are such good people. Yeah. They just don't, they just don't get along. And and part of the problem with a lot of rom-coms is that they make the characters so unlikable in yeah. the, in the attempt to make them opposites attract or whatever mm-hmm. that you don't care. You don't want them to, you don't want either of them to find love because yeah. they're just not good people well, and they don't make be- that like switch Exactly. Soon enough. Yeah. I mean, you have to be rooting for them. There has to be that thing. You have mm-hmm. to, I, I feel like you have to see that kernel of who they're going to be underneath yeah. them at the very, like from the beginning, you know that they're going to grow into something more. Like there's, 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 there's a little hints of it there. You can see it peeking through those little like, oh, this is, this is who he's going to be or who she's going to be by the end of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that, like, where it's not just, yeah, where it's not what you see is what you get. There's this depth that you know that they're going to get down mm-hmm. in there and that's what's, that's what's going to be great. I love it. Yeah, it makes <laughs> you invested. You're like, oh, I want to yes. know what's going to happen. I mean, you know what's going to happen, but you want to go on the journey and you're, oh, you yeah. you want to see it uh, see it happen. And that's what makes it so these books so much fun mm-hmm. to reread because yeah. like if if you don't if they don't have that depth and they don't have that journey, like, ah, you read it once, you've seen it, you 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 felt it, yeah. but like with those, like you get invested every time. I get invested yeah. every time. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, agreed. So, were you like a super dog person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Um, I don't always have my own dog because I do travel a lot, and sometimes that's just not conducive to pet ownership. But I, mm-hmm. I have had many dogs in my life, and I just, I'm such a sucker for them. And yeah, this was. This was a really good fit for me. This the animal lovers, dog lovers series. I was just like, yeah, I'm a complete sucker for dogs. <laughs> so. Yeah, are we gonna get a cat series next or um, no? Probably not. <laughs> I'm. I am. I will be honest. I'm not as much of a cat person. I like cats, but I kind of feel like we coexist as opposed to with dogs. I just really <laughs> bond with them. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. And you have big dog like Maximilian in yeah. Uh, um, I I've never had a dog quite as big as Max from uh, from Once Upon a Puppy. He is he's a big boy. Um, <laughs> but I had a I had a um, a really big golden who was about he was about ninety five pounds, and then um, and then we also had um, in my family uh, my my mom's godparents had uh, Newfoundlands. Um, okay. They're, they're big boys too. And so we, I definitely have been around a lot of big dogs, way more big dogs than small dogs in my life. And, uh, some of the, um, some of, some of the, the stories about Max are based on, um, like the things that happened with my, um, my, my mom's grandparents, Newfoundland's when I was pretty small, where I was so small that like walking them was just being dragged around the neighborhood kind of thing. So they're good yeah, I was going to ask if you had one tearing up the furniture and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I have I have seen dogs uh, eat couches before. That was that was kind of alarming. Um, and my dog, <laughs> oh goodness, he dug a hole through the carpet in the 
in the dining room. That was something that I had a hard time explaining to my parents when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> Builds character, right? Okay, yes. But I mean, you know, it, he's he was he he was very interested in finding out what was under the carpet apparently. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> So do you think it's harder to write a Christmas themed book or a regular time of the year book or are they both the same? Um, I would say they're I, th- I would say that they're um they're both challenging in different ways. I think in Christmas you kind of want you have you have certain you have to, you have you want to do you want to put enough Christmas in there that it's not just a book that happens to be set at Christmas time but it, that it is actually something that kind of invokes that feeling of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that there's, there are more elements that you want to try and like make sure appear in the book just so that you're really satisfying that like holiday feeling. Um, but that can be both a pro and a con. Like it's, it's nice to have, um, a little, the structure of, okay, we're getting close to Christmas. And like, so, so we're building up to the finish. There's a sense of momentum to it, but then at the same time, it's like, okay, but they haven't done anything Christmassy in a while. So we have to put something in here. That's going to remind everybody what time of year it is. Yeah. So there's, I think they both have advantages and disadvantages. And I just, I really love both. I love writing mm-hmm. Christmas books. I love writing books that uh, take place at different times of the year too. The one I'm working on right now is sort of a spring summer book, which is a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's, 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 I, I like both. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, so, Once Upon a Puppy is yes. the latest book, yes, and I, I've read that one, and I really enjoyed it. I just oh, finished it. I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah. <laughs> and why don't you tell our uh, listeners what what's it, what it is about? Absolutely. So, Once Upon a Puppy is the second book in a series, and it's um, about Deanie and Connor. It is a total. Opposites attract, uh, small town romance. Um, Deanie is the free spirit. She is a uh, birthday party princess and just you know wants to travel the world and not be tied down and not be restricted. And then Connor is the type A lawyer who has a plan for everything and is very structured. And at the beginning of Once Upon a Puppy, Connor has just adopted a 140-pound wolfhound mutt um, who is completely untrained, but very, very sweet, um, but is, but is you know, a little, a, a, a little unruly. <laughs> he needs some help. And Connor is completely out of his depth. And Deanie just happens to be the dog whisperer. She is amazing at uh, she's amazing at um, training dogs and and working with them. And so he hires her to help him out. And then they ultimately end up discovering that they both need plus ones for some events that are happening over the next few months in their lives. And so they end up agreeing to fake date and be one another's pretend. Uh, pretend boyfriend and girlfriend for for the duration and and you know hijinks ensue and it goes from there <laughs> see now i'm feeling conflicted because i've been calling her denny this whole time oh not you go- Deanie. <laughs> well i think i feel like if you can call her whatever you want like I, i'm not i have no problem with it um i i'm I readjusting be- the whole book in my head <laughs> Well, I had it being short for Nadine, and so Dean oh, was yeah. short for Nadine. But I, you know what? I I feel like if it's on the page, like that's like when people learn a, a word by reading it and they mispronounce the word. Like, don't ever judge someone for mispronouncing a word because they learned it by reading it. Like they were reading it. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, and sometimes it'll say very clearly, say a character has 
blonde hair. But yeah. for some reason, when I'm reading it, I'm always picturing them with brown hair. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know why. It's like your brain does weird things. I've done that but... too with like eye color too, where it'll say repeatedly yeah. that they have like blue eyes or brown eyes. And, and, I'll be, and I'll be thinking of something different the entire time. Just yeah. It's the so vibe weird. You get somehow. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the fake fiance, mm. fake boyfriend, whatever you want to call it, trope is so fun. I, I love, love it. it. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I can't imagine it ever happening in real life ever. Right? It's but one of my favorites. I, I still really enjoy it. And yeah. I was just wondering is that uh, out of all the different tropes, is it more challenging to write, less challenging? How was how was that? I mean, I feel like it's less challenging just because I love it. Like I yeah. do. I just <laughs> I yeah. like that is the one where I'm like, yep, this just makes me deeply happy. And like, I, I, I went really like nerdy and was like, why do I love it so much? And I, I realized that I think it's about like, they're putting on this show for everybody else in the world, but the other person with them is the one who really sees behind the curtain and sees the real them. And so I'm like, that is something I love so much about like, yeah, you're putting on this show, you're playing these parts for, you know, for each other um, and for the rest of the world. But like, that's the person who knows the real you. by the end of it and I just I'm such a sucker for that (laughs) Mm -hmm. me too me too I don't know it's just it's just fun I don't know it's so it's very escapist I feel well yeah and there's there's you can make it as ridiculous as you want and like and just kind of run with it which is so much fun I mean come Mm -hmm. on (laughs) yeah yeah agreed uh so I was curious which was harder to write the keeping Connor likable as this sort of businessman this lawyer Mm -hmm. uh, you know kind of very set on his uh his business or keeping (laughs) deanie keeping her from not being too stupid because she's sort of this you know she's supposed to be the opposite but you don't want her to be dumb yeah yeah she's someone who really values you know fluffy light things but she's also she's also not uh, super, you know, she's, she's not, she, she, she has depth. She has, you know, she's not, yeah. just, she's not a flippity gibbet. Um, that's a great word, by the way. Yeah, that is a good <laughs> word. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I think, I think, uh, for me, both Connor and Dini are like, they both, like, I, I see a little piece of myself in each of them. And so that's what I try to like connect with. And hopefully that makes it, um, I think I hopefully hopefully that makes it so that they're both sympathetic characters. Like I feel like I do really relate to Connor's like desire to organize things, but I also really enjoy kind of taking off and seeing the world. And so I feel like um, I tried to put those those elements of you know you put a little bit of yourself in it, but then you also try and like make sure that the characters are unique and have their own personalities and their own conflicts and things that they're dealing mm-hmm. with. And you know I think. I really like Deanie. I, I I think she's uh, deeply entertaining, and I really like Connor. I love that he's mm-hmm. just this very steadfast and and purposeful. And yeah, he has a contract for everything, but he just likes knowing where he stands. Like I can yeah. relate to that. So. I can. I can too. <laughs> yeah. So I think that as long as hopefully readers find ways to relate to both characters yeah. and really connect with both characters, and then hopefully they're pulling for them to get together in the end. Do you think that they are a love that will last because they are so different? They are. Yeah. I I like to think that they are because I think they really appreciate their differences. Um, I think that 
uh, they they have come to value the fact that they are di- different by the end of the book, I think, and have come mm-hmm. to see that like they they both can learn something from from the other one um, while still being truly themselves. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think makes them potentially a lasting relationship. I hope so. I plan, yeah. plan for them to stay together. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want to be in a relationship with yourself. You, yeah. You want, yeah. you want someone who's going to like challenge you, but in a way that, that challenge you, but in a way that, that makes you better and, and, and builds you up. And I think mm-hmm. that they, by the end of the book, I think they really do that for each other. Uh, yeah. I think so too. Uh, so what was the inspiration for Aunt Biddy? Oh gosh. Um, yeah. Um, Aunt Biddy is, is, uh, she's inspired by a couple of things. When, um, when I was, when I was younger, I lived with my grandparents, um, while my grandfather was suffering from Alzheimer's. Um, I got to, um, it was, it was a tough time, but it was, um, it was good to be able to be with them. And, um, and so I got to kind of I got a up close view of what that um, disease can do. Um, and I also have uh, an aunt in my life that I'm very close with. She's, she's great. She doesn't have Alzheimer's. She's wonderful. <laughs> she's very healthy. Everything's fine. Um, yeah. But um, she's someone that I really connected with um, for, for a lot of my life. And, um, and so that close relationship with, um, with Dini's Aunt Biddy um, and having that person who is just really someone that you really connect with and who really understands you. Um, and then having that person, um, be, uh, be suffering from Alzheimer's as my grandfather was, um, that's, that's kind of where that came from is yeah. it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough time. It's a tough thing to be going through. Um, but I think, uh, I, I think it, it, it shows, it, it shows Dini's where she really connects to the world is through her aunt in the beginning. And then she, she learns to kind of connect to the world in different ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's such a hard thing because yeah. they're there, but they're not there. And yeah. you can't help but sort of grieve the person that you miss. And yeah. But they're still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you got to see this last year, got to see The Father. Did you get to see that? I didn't. Oh, I you wanted to check see it that out. movie. Yeah. It's really good. Very good. Uh, yeah. Told from the perspective of the Anthony Hopkins character who has, has dementia yeah. And uh, everything's kind of uh, everything's kind of swirling around him. And like these are just each scene will be like slightly different. Like mm-hmm. all of a sudden he'll be in a different kitchen and it'll be a different yeah. apartment mm-hmm. and just things like that, that like you can tell how unreliable of a narrator he is. Yeah. And, and yet obviously he still is, a, you know, obviously a person and, and, yeah. and has feelings and things, but, it just it's so hard for him and so hard for his daughter uh but yeah i highly recommend that one i think it's it's very good but i will definitely check that one out that's one i've been really hoping to see and i need yeah. to need to put it on make it a priority <laughs> yeah it's really good uh so i was curious if covid made you want to include uh, all this travel in the book that was that was definitely something that my uh my editor and i discussed um I had uh, written the first book pre-COVID, so there's no COVID um, mm-hmm. in in the first book. And then I was writing the second book right at the beginning um, when everything was uh, where we didn't really know how long it was going to last or how much it was going to change things. 
And I had a I had a conversation with my editor where I was asking, like, do we want to include COVID? Like, is this a, like I can change this around? I can have it, you know, I can have tra- travel not be as much of a factor in the book. I can, you know, I can I can switch things up. But like, this was how we had ori- I had originally planned it, and um, we ultimately ended up deciding that um, like the the idea was that we are going to get past this, that travel is going to become a thing that people do again. <laughs> and that, um, and that, you know, if we put, if we put a whole bunch of COVID references or things like that into the book or adjusted the book dramatically due to COVID that in five years, when somebody picks up the book, it would feel really dated and kind of of this moment, as opposed to of, of whatever moment mm-hmm. you happen to be living in kind of thing. Yeah. So was, but also we cool. just were so like kind of whimsical about about travel during COVID, you know, just, just, yeah. Oh, can't wait till we yeah. can travel again. So, <laughs> well, I think, I think some of that definitely made it into the book. Yeah. Because there, <laughs> there, there are moments when Dini is, is, ta- is thinking about, I think a little, a little too much of that probably made it into the book, where there are moments <laughs> when Dini is thinking about how, how trapped she feels and how much she wants to go somewhere. And I was like, yes, this is how we all feel right now. Yeah. That's so, what I wondered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was definitely some of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It well, was, and I mean, it's it's. I I think romance also um, is a genre that is is looking to be a little bit more escapist than mm-hmm. than some other genres, and so not delving into the super super of the moment reality of COVID um, felt like a good choice. To having it be a little lighter, a little more, a little more in this world, mm-hmm. we can travel. <laughs> so. The one thing I wondered about is the in the novel we 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 like to talk about the spice level of mm-hmm. a yes. novel, and the spice level is is low. There's mm-hmm. not really any like intimate scenes, but they do have a relationship. Yes, and so I was curious if that was challenging at all, kind of keeping the spice level down while still building their relationship and having uh, them get together like fairly. I mean, there's still a, a decent chunk of the book left. Yeah, yeah. There are there are some allusions to things that are mm-hmm. probably happening off the page, right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's a little bit of um, like relative to my books for Hallmark, there's more uh, you know more cursing. There's there's a mm. couple of a couple of moments of language that would not be uh, Hallmark appropriate, mm-hmm. and um, and there is definite references to. Uh, their relationship kind of it's it's kind of it's I think of it as closed door like everything like everything is progressing the relationship is progressing but when they are having intimate moments we just don't see that part of it that part is behind closed doors (laughs) and um and I think as long as um as long as the as long as the reader can really connect to the emotional progression that's going on and as long as that's not uh suffering from a lack of seeing the physical on the page. Um, and I think you can do it in such a way that you don't need to see the physical on the page to still feel that they are emotionally progressing and that there is that emotional connection and that romantic connection deepening between them. Like I want, you know, I think not every book that is a sweet romance is, is going to end with, you know, the first kiss. Like there's going to be, there's going to be times when, um, relationships progress differently. And, um, in this one, they, they got together before the end, but, um, Mm -hmm. but then the ending of the book is not when they get together. The ending of the book is when you feel like they're really going to stay together. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
And I mean, obviously there's an art to writing all different kinds of yes, yeah. spice levels. <laughs> there's, yes. there's an art to it. But I think it is tricky to keep that uh, momentum going. Uh, <laughs> and there's there's an art to doing that too and keeping yeah. it closed doors, as you say. Yeah, I think I think you want to have a sense of romantic tension and mm-hmm. and and that there is I mean you want there to be attraction. You want mm-hmm. you want to know that these two people are going to connect with one another on a romantic and, mm-hmm. you know, sexy times kind of way. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But we don't always necessarily need to see that on the page in order to have a satisfying romance, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what would you say is the hardest part about writing a romance novel? Uh, all of it. I think um, I think what I worry about going through is just trying to make sure that um, that there is enough of that of that tension. And I think I tend to I tend to write things that don't have the high stakes conflict. Nothing is going to blow up, um, you know. And and so when you don't have that high stakes content conflict still making it so that people are really invested in the story and really want to keep turning the pages and are really emotionally engaged. I think that's the real challenge is trying to find ways to have the conflict be smaller, but still no less important. Yeah. Cause I think there's this idea that because there's, there, there's formulas mm-hmm. in these books and they're somewhat predictable that they're somewhat easy then, but it's far from the truth. Well, I think, yeah, there are beats that we all kind of expect to to hit in a when you're reading or writing a romance novel, but I think that can make it um, harder, more challenging because yeah. you need to find ways of hitting those beats that don't feel like they've been done twenty million times before, and that still elicit the emotional reaction mm-hmm. and that emotional investment without being like, "Ugh, it's so cliche. We've all seen this before." Like that, you have to find a way of of doing it in a way that, that feels really authentic. And like, there are so many great authors out there doing it right now. Like, oh my gosh, there's, there's really a lot of great romance content out there. <laughs> yeah. It's a good time to be, yeah. uh, to be reading or watching romance. Yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, so we like to end with our silly questions and <laughs> we did the holiday questions last year because we were talking about Royal Christmas wish and because it was Christmas in July. But this year, we're going to do our just regular questions. Okay. So it's pretty fun. So okay. the first <laughs> question is, what is the best ice cream flavor? Um, Chocolate chip cookie dough. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorites. What is your favorite color? Purple. Me too. I, Why were you yeah, on the same page? It's my school colors. I love it. <laughs> My school colors were black and orange, which is so weird. That's like a like. bumblebee? Like. So, yeah. So, well, no, that'd be yellow and orange. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, that would be yellow. Right. I mean, yellow and black. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's like Halloween all the time. It was very weird. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what music are you into right now? Um. Oh, gosh. I have been listening to uh, – it kind of connects to the thing that I'm writing right now. I've been listening to a lot of, like, French jazz. Um, and I just – I like uh, Madeline – I'm going to mispronounce her last name. It's Peru, I think. I've oh, yeah. A lot of that. Yeah, and, she's good. and, like, I love it. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, I'm so intrigued now. All these little <laughs> things you said about this new book. <laughs> 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It'll, coming soon, coming soon. Yay. <laughs> All right. Um, what, when, uh, we used to say, what was your go-to date night food? But lately we've been asking, like, what is your DoorDash? Um, what do you I order really- in? I love, love, love Thai food. And it's one of the things Mm. that I cannot make to save my life. So like Thai curry, like Penang curry, that would be, oh, it's so good. That's a good one. Good choice. (laughs) When we're back to going on dates, what would be your go-to date night activity? Um, I I really like, um, I really like things where you can be like active and enjoying the other person, but also uh, like a, like just a little bit of fun about it. So like putt mm-hmm. putt golf, I really mm-hmm. love like just going good. out like mini golfing with somebody yeah. because it just it there's no way for it not to be silly. I love it. Yeah, so. yeah. and then you get to see how competitive they are. Exactly, which can be really <laughs> fun. Like, yeah, it can. That's right. That's good. And I'm not super competitive. Like I like like <laughs> pretending to be competitive, if that makes sense. Yeah. But I'm not like actually. I don't actually care if I win. But I like like needling the other person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so we already kind of talked about this, but dogs or cats? Oh, dogs. Yep. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Beaches or mountains? Uh, can I have both? Because. Like I feel yeah. like I feel like beaches and mountains are both um are both visible from my grandma's house in Hawaii. So like I should clearly be able to claim both. <laughs> oh, your grandma lives in Hawaii. Yeah, Lucky. yeah, that's where my family's from. Oh my gosh. And then you ended up in Alaska. <laughs> yep. Yeah. My folks moved up there before I was born. Um, and like my dad had never really seen snow. Like it was a whole thing. <laughs> oh, I love Hawaii so much. Which island are they on? Oahu. Yeah, yeah, same. That's the one I've been to. Oh, it's so oh, beautiful. I love it so much. Yeah, I'm totally team beach. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I love beaches, but I also love mountains. I, yeah. I do think being on the water, though, there's just something about being on the water that's oh, amazing. It's the best. Uh, would you rather be in a fancy dress or sweats? <laughs> um, ooh, okay, that's actually a tough one. I... Like day to day sweats for sure, yeah. but like for special occasions, I do really like getting dressed up. I love yeah. having an excuse to get like completely dolled up. Like it's 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 a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I might I, have said sweats before, but now after COVID, I think <laughs> I, I'd be like totally team dress up because it means I'm doing something cool. Right? We've all been in sweats for so long. Yeah, and it's just like no, no, it's lost its appeal. <laughs> I want an excuse to look cute. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, what is your favorite holiday to celebrate? Uh, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Can't go wrong with Christmas. Yeah. All right. Last question. What is your favorite Hallmark or romantic movie? Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Um, Okay. Hallmark. I think I I love Unleashing Mr. Darcy. That one. Mm -hmm. I mean, it has dogs. (laughs) Yeah. And in terms of just like a romantic movie, oh my gosh. There's too many. There are so many that are mm-hmm. just amazing. Like I love all of like Nora Ephron, like when Harry mm-hmm. met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle. Like those are fantastic. Incredible. And like 27 dresses is really fantastic. Like I could go on for a really long time about rom <laughs> so, like, we should probably like, I mean, we need to have you back on for another episode or talk about yeah. our favorite <laughs> We can just talk about rom coms. We'll be good. <laughs> What do you think of the Tell the Boys? Have you seen those? Oh those? my gosh, I love those. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. Fake fight, fake, fake boyfriend. Yes, story. right? Yeah. Oh, it's such a good trope. Mm-hmm. It really very is. Good. All right. Very good. You answered all the questions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Pass the test. Congrats. Yay. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Oh, thank you for having me. This was really great. Congrats on the book. I I really did enjoy it. I thought it was uh, very fun. I liked the relationship between Connor and uh, Deanie. That's going to just drive me crazy. (laughs) You can pronounce it however you want. There's no judgment. (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. And we'll have a link if people want to purchase the book. Uh, We'll have our Amazon affiliate link. If people want to check it out, that would be awesome. And uh, if people want to follow you with social media, all that stuff, uh, where, where can they do that? Uh, you can find my website is uh, www.lizzieshane.com. That has information about all the books and such. Um, my Twitter and Instagram are both Lizzie Shane AK, as in Alaska. And my uh, Facebook is Lizzie Shane Author. Great. And we'll have that all in the description section. Make sure you all check it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast to Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really, really need those. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We also have our patron group and we have a very exciting patron watch along this month with uh, writer, screenwriter Rick Garman, who's a legend. And we're going to be watching It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas, which is very funny and very underrated. So that's going to be super fun. That will be on the 17th. So make sure if you haven't signed up to be a patron, it's only $2 a month. It's a great deal and we make it totally worth your while. So please take a look at that. That's all in the description. We also have our merch store, which has tons of fun Hallmark inspired designs. So please take a look at that. And thanks again, Lizzie. This was so much fun to get to talk with you and hopefully we'll get to have you back on again uh, for your, when the next book comes out, it'll be very fun. That would be great. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Bye, everyone. Bye.